0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day— all bills all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking bills all year long because it's always game day in Buffalo.
1: All right, welcome to an off-season di- edition of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bovee. First of all, Matt, um, you know how you taking in the, uh, the couple weeks here without the bills leading into this world? Are you into it? Are you like, I don't want to watch it? Are you kind of cringing at it? Like, how do you take it in?
2: It definitely changes, I guess the first year that they went to the AFC championship and then the following you know game was the Super Bowl. I remember that year just sitting there and watching the game and being like, I wish I was there. I wish I was covering this game. I really want to get to a Super Bowl. I think it's changed a little bit lately because this is what has happened for the last several years. We're used to it at this point. So what I've been doing, I've been re-watching the West Wing and I am really enjoying that so that's how I've been spending that's how I've been spending my free time even though. There's really still not that much free time.
1: No, I love it. That's great. Um, we've watched a couple of game shows recently that were on, like bumping around the TV because, you know, this time of year, it's also, I you know, when there's not a Syracuse basketball game on and then Sabres had, you know, the all-star breaks, there's no hockey yeah. on. It's like, what do you do? Now, my son, he's into like every sport, so we're doing a lot of sports with him, which keeps me occupied, but bumping around the TV and, yeah, maybe I should get into something like that. I I told you before, I've never watched an episode of West Wing, but I've heard from everybody how good it is.
2: It is maybe my favorite show ever. Okay. I just I love politics and I yeah. love the drama surrounding all of it and there's so many different layers to it and a lot of the plot of The West Wing is about the media and yeah. the media's interaction and how they cover everything. So I I mean it's just an exceptional show. I'm not somebody who likes to start new stuff, which is probably Holding me back from seeing a lot of other good series out there. A lot of times I find something I like and then I watch it and then sometimes I'll even watch it again. So I haven't started a new series in a long time, but I, right. just, I love the West
1: Wing. So I'm just like, ah, I'll go back to that. Every time I think about a new series, I'm like, we debate like which one should we start? Then we never get around to actually starting one. So you never know. I mean, maybe we'll we'll get to one. In the meantime, we got a lot of other things kind of on deck here. We got the combine coming up in a few weeks. That's mm-hmm. going to be in Indianapolis. You have free agency after that a few weeks later, and then you have the NFL owners meetings. Then, of course, the NFL draft and the schedule release. I mean, the NFL truly has we've talked about this before, Matt, but the NFL has truly learned how to maximize the calendar to their advantage over other sports where we people like us and anybody fans are always talking about it.
2: Yeah, I was actually having a conversation with uh, Dan Fates from 13 Wham in Rochester about the NFL Combine. And once the Super Bowl ends, it's only two weeks until we're in Indianapolis for the Combine. So then you have the Combine. And then a couple weeks after that, you have free agency and the legal tampering period. And then right after that is the NFL draft. And then right after that is the schedule. And boom, we're going to snap our fingers. And it's going to be June. And they're going to be reporting for practices and stuff. So it does all kind of happen fast. There really is that two weeks week window after the Super Bowl until the Combine. And then after that, I don't know, it's what, mid-June to mid-July when it's pretty quiet. But other than that, yeah. it is cr- ridiculous as it is, from late February until mid-May, there might be more stuff to talk about than there is actually during the season. And that makes it fantastic for us. I know it's different, but it's also maybe a little bit more fun because it's a little bit more... Opinion-based, a little bit more of a discussion. There's a lot more layers to it. You know, With the football game, you, you take the game and you talk about what happened in the game and why you think it happened. With this, there's so many different things that can happen. During the season, there's two things. They either win or they lose. Now it's like, let's talk about drafting wide receiver. Let's talk about who they can afford in free agency. There's so many different answers to those questions that people have.
1: We have questions specifically related to the Buffalo Bills we're going to tackle here in a minute. We also threw it out on X slash Twitter. Any Mm -hmm. questions for us, we have a few of those that we will, you know, get to as well. So the off-season's in full effect. We want to remind everybody, maybe you're just catching us for the first time. You're resetting your, you know, Bill's listens and Bill's watch. We appreciate you. It's always game to him, Buffalo. (coughs) Sorry, excuse me. You can find this podcast wherever you pod, essentially iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get it. Odyssey app, of course. And then, of course, it's on the South Sports YouTube channel as well. If you want to see our smiling faces, hi. Uh, Matt and I are here on video. We're on audio. So anywhere you want to find it. All right, Matt, it is um, it is Pro Bowl week. First of all, I want to tell you, full disclosure, I did not watch a single second of anything dealing with the Pro Bowl. And I'm not anti. That's not mm-hmm. it at all. It's just a lot of things going on. I was kind of decompressing a little bit. And it doesn't super interest me at all. So it's okay. I'll check it out if I'm just bumping around. But I had no inclination to just make sure I went and watched any of it. Whether that's on-the-field stuff or off-the-field stuff, I didn't watch a single second of it.
2: I watched... A little bit of the game, which was Sunday afternoon. It was on ABC. So I watched a little bit of that, um, which also tells you this is just a complete offshoot of this. But on Sunday, Pebble Beach was postponed because of the weather. Yeah. So the go- I would have normally watched the golf. So there was the Live Golf going on event. And I didn't even think about turning it on. Like I got to the Pro Bowl before I got to Live Golf, which to me tells me I'll probably never try live golf, even though I know that they've got tons of talented players over there. And that the right. Pro Bowl, I was thinking about it a little bit on Sunday. For as tough of a watch as it is, I bet the Pro Bowl does better numbers and better ratings than most other sporting events, like actual real sporting
1: events. Probably right, because it's football. And that's what just mm-hmm. happens with football, right? Everybody watches football. And, of course, the Pro Bowl, I'm sure a lot of you watched it and maybe saw what Stefan Diggs said or heard what Stefan Diggs said We need to get into that, and here we go again with discussing Stefan Diggs, and I get the feedback when we get all the time. Why is the media creating drama? We're not. Let's just talk about what he said and whether or not it should be some sort of drama or not some sort of drama. That's what we have to do here is kind of parse through it and say, is it worthy of worrying about, not worrying about? Here's what happened. Um, Stefan Diggs was interviewed at the Pro Bowl, and he said, when asked about his future in Buffalo, I think Cameron Wolf was talking to him here. He said, I feel like Excuse me, again. I feel like I take it day by day. Obviously, there's a lot of changes going on, a lot of things going on. I can't really put the carriage before the horse. You know what I'm saying? But I got a great offseason in front of me to put a lot of work in and kind of build around what we got and what we're doing. I can't tell you what the future holds, but I'm still being me. Now that one, I don't know. Was that was from specifically with um, Cameron Wolf? I think it might have been another, um, you know, uh, uh, interview. I'm not sure because I know there was another one where he talked about he can't control the money and whatever that mm-hmm. is, and maybe. You know, you can expand on that, but it's caused people to say, here we go. He's non-committal to the bills. Now, again, he has a contract with the Buffalo bills that runs for a few more years. So should we make anything of what he said? Or should we just say it's Stefan being Stefan and not worry about it?
2: I think it's a little bit of both. I think that. Typically wide receivers, a lot of times there's a reputation around them. And before he even was asked these questions, if you told me, what do you think he says? I would have probably put together something like this. So that does not shock me right, at right, all. Right, you ever right, see that right. tweet about like, what a tight end post on social media, what a running mm-hmm. back post, what a quarterback post, what a wide receiver yes. post. Yes. I, I always think of that when I hear these interviews and I hear these responses, but at the same time, I don't think it's nothing because. I understand that this is something that he is asked about all the time. I also understand that it's often overblown. Almost always it's overblown, but there's also a way of just putting out the fire incredibly quick. And then none of the speculation happens. Every time Josh Allen is asked about Stefan Diggs, he says, that's my guy. He's our number one receiver. We're a better team because of him. If Stefan Diggs just says, listen, listen, I can't control the future, but I've said multiple times, I want to finish my career with the Bills, and that's what I intend to do. We're not having this conversation, but he doesn't say that. So I don't think it's a huge deal. I don't think this means that they're moving Stefan Diggs or that he's unhappy. I don't think any of that stuff. But I do think that it's interesting that he doesn't just come out and say that. And that's coming from somebody who really enjoys – I really like Stefan Diggs and how he handles a lot of the stuff with the media. It was a little bit tricky at the end of this past season, but I like how forthcoming he often is. It just feels like in this instance, he could have been more forthcoming and it could have ended a lot of the speculation and conversation.
1: There's two parts to this, right? And there always is, which is, okay, we don't know exactly what Stefan Diggs is thinking or what he means by what he's saying. We can only kind of try to read through that. And then there's the bills part of it, right? Which is what could the bills do? Even if something did happen where he came out and said, I don't want to be a part of the organization, which I'm not saying he said, or even is thinking, I don't know that, but let's just go down that road because Matt, he is tied to the bills through a contract for, let me count it. One, two, three, four more years. Mm -hmm. And if they were to do anything to move him off the roster this off season, it would be so astronomical of a cap hit. There's mm-hmm. no way Brandon Bean can do it. And I'm talking release or trade. And even if it mm-hmm. was a post-June 1, the way it works is so everybody knows, if you wait until June 1st to make moves, you divide up the salary cap hit over two years. Well, guess what? Because of accelerated bonuses, even if they did that, it would be a $22 million cap hit next year in 2025. By the way, this year to do it, you're talking over $30 million. You can't do it. The only way, the only way, anything like this could possibly happen would literally be if Stefan Diggs went to the bills and the bills went to him and they got to a point where they had to say, we can't live with each other and they reworked his contract to the point where it was movable, but that would cost him so much money. I don't think he would want to do that. So I think this in a lot of ways, like last year becomes a moot point regardless.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think reading between the lines a little bit when I heard the comments and I, you know, I've seen the reporting out there, the speculation out there from Peter King about a potential restructure and all this stuff. To me, all of this reads like Stefan Diggs doesn't want to be moved. He doesn't want to be traded, but he also doesn't want his contract messed around with. That's how I'm kind of reading it of like, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to play for the Bills, but don't screw with my contract because this is what we agreed on. And I still think that I'm one of the elite players in the league. That's an entirely different conversation, but that's kind of how I'm approaching it. At least that's my viewpoint, my vantage point of it. I could be completely wrong. And I don't know if I'll ever know if I'm wrong until we have an answer or until we're sitting under a tent at St. John Fisher in late July talking to Stefan Diggs. Cause I don't know. Last year we didn't really hear much from him until what? Mandatory MIDI camp? And then it was the second one. It was it was, mid-June. Actually, that's it was. It was anything, mid June, actually. We didn't hear
1: anything we didn't hear anything from him until training camp. Didn't he talk in mid June when he came and no. reported? He, no, he, the first time we heard from him was training camp at St. John Fisher. So there you go. Because, so we're because going Bander, to I remember that day I said to him, you said, Stefan, you want to retire Buffalo bill. Do you still want to do that? And he looked at me and said, 100%, sir. So yes. I, that was the, fir- that was the day that was training camp. Remember <laughs> we had the whole dust up at mini camp and he was not there the first day that he was. And Sean McDermott had to clarify so what he, he said. Disappointed. And, yeah, yeah. Correct. We never, we never. Heard from Stefan during that time period. He was there, yeah. but he didn't mm-hmm. talk to the media. Then he shows up. He talks at training camp. Um, yeah, and just to be clear, and I know you're not saying this, but when you say screw around with this contract, the Bills just can't go give him a pay cut. Obviously, they can't. Do, they they mm-hmm. can't do that. They can move around money, but he'd still be getting paid. I think what you're saying is right, which is don't even come to me and ask me to do anything because I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like don't ask me to take a pay cut because if that's the case, if he's going to do it, he'd probably say, "All right, fine. You want me to take a pay cut? Then I'm out of here." That would be my interpretation um, of that. But he also didn't come out and say I don't want to be in Buffalo either, right? And he's never done that. Um, I think part of this is too, maybe just him, the way he kind of is getting. How do I want to say this? He probably gets asked so much about it that he's mm-hmm. just like, "Look, I, I don't. I'm I'm, I'm kind of tired. I'm just going to say the same thing I always say, and you guys can keep asking me, but I'm not going to like go down that road because there are no certainties in life."
2: Yeah, but. Josh has asked the same thing all the time and every single time manages to just immediately pour water on the flames. So I get that's once again, the difference between a lot of quarterbacks and sometimes wide receivers and how, you know, different positions handle these different things. And because of Stefan Diggs' mystery and his competitiveness, this is what makes him such an amazing player in this league, but he could have. Just nip this in the butt immediately with like the last few years. That's
1: right. With
2: three sentences. And that's, but that's why I don't think it's that big of a deal because this is similar to what has happened every single offseason for the last two and it hasn't turned into anything. So I don't think it's going to this time. What are the, what are the better situations for Stefan Diggs? If Stefan Diggs wants to play for a team that's contending with a great quarterback, what are there two other teams? I mean, like the Bengals aren't adding him. So then it's the Chiefs where else are you going? So, I mean, if he was going to one of those teams, no, that's what I mean. Like you're not going to trade him to a team that you're competing with. So I I just don't see a world where Stefan Diggs is not a bill next season.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree with you. It would be great. And it would be great for all bills fans. If Stefan Diggs came out and said, Hey man, we just, we got close. We're going to, we're going to get back after it. We're going to do it next year. I have faith in my guys. I can't wait to get, you know, back to work and make sure we get this thing right. He's never talked like that. It would be great if he talked like that. So we're just kind of left here speculating. I guess we'll now wait to see. Will there be where will there be cryptic social media posts this year again or not? I guess that's the next step for this.
2: Yeah, the the let's see, the the itinerary here is interesting tweets or posts on X, then chances are it will be a wiping of Instagram with any pictures of the Buffalo Bills. Right. Uh, somebody will notice that he unfollowed something on social yes. media. That will turn into something. Uh, Trayvon will probably tweet something that will be talked about. And yeah, then we'll be in probably May or June at this point. And then we'll see if he's at mandatory minicamp. I, I, the one thing, though... Regardless of what happens, Stefan Diggs has been such an incredible piece for the Bills over the last four years and is a huge reason why they have reached it to the point that they have reached it. Now, I know the lasting image for Bills fans is going to be that catch that he absolutely should have made in the game against the Chiefs. No questions asked. He is a good enough player that he needs to bring in that catch, but don't let that one play kind of cloud your judgment of how important Stefan Diggs has been. I don't think Stefan Diggs now is the same caliber caliber player. He was when they got him. I think he's starting to go into that point of his career, but I still think he could very much be a contributor on a team that has very big aspirations, very big goals. I mean, Stefan Diggs has a game that I think can extend into his early thirties. He's about route running. He doesn't take a ton of big hits and he plays smart. Like this is not a guy who has one trait that makes him elite. Like, Tyree kill is the best receiver in the NFL. Tyree kill is the best receiver in the NFL because of his absolute game changing speed. But it makes you wonder what is he like when he loses a step? I think Stefan Diggs can lose a step and still be a really good player.
1: All right. Well, while we talk here, Matt is going to step away for a moment to go check on the baby because that's what happens here when you're a young, vibrant first time in his case, dad. So we'll do that here. And it's always game day in Buffalo.
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: While Matt continues to check on his beautiful young daughter, uh, we'll move on and talk about some moves that the Bills did make already that we know, and that is they're replacing Bobby Babich, who, as you know, was named defensive coordinator with Al Holcomb. Al Holcomb was the senior defensive assistant on this team last year. He's now going to be the linebackers coach. Also, the Bills lost Eric Washington, defensive coordinator, hired by the Chicago Bears as defensive coordinator, and they replaced him with his assistant, Marcus West. Now, the Bills have made a couple internal promotions here, and I just want to address some of the feedback that's come back, and this isn't a lot of people necessarily or everybody, but sometimes these things happen, and I think they should be addressed because I do think that there's a segment of fans that feel this way, Matt, which is, As soon as these moves are announced, I get, and you probably do too, well, here we go, more internal hires. They just want to keep the same people, yes men, and they never want new fresh eyes. I I just think that's such an overreaction and reach. These people have been in the building. They know the system. And yes, every coach, folks, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, whoever it is, name a coach, John Harbaugh, Mike Tom, I don't care. Successful coaches, not successful coaches. Every coach is going to hire people that know how their program works. That's how life works. You work Mm -hmm. at channel seven, WKBW. I work at WGR. You have to do, you have to perform your job in the vision and manner in which your boss wants you to. As Joe DiBiase said the other day, when we were talking about this, he made a great, like a great uh, comparison. He said, we can't go on WGR and talk about the Seattle Mariners every day. That's not how the job works. You don't want someone who doesn't know what they're doing or the relationships. And by the way, these guys have put in their time too, like anybody else in the coaching business who you could bring in from the outside, which to me is insulting to say that they're not worthy of the job.
2: Well, that's what I'm thinking. If some, if you believe somebody has done a good job and that they're a good fit for what you're trying to do, the natural thing, regardless of the field, regardless of the job is to promote them. These are promotions for them because of what Sean McDermott believes is a job. Well done. I also think more than anything, It's relationship business, especially for position coaches, more so than anything else. The position coaches are the guys that are in the weeds with their players every single day for months and months and months leading those meetings and talking about shop and talking about life. Marcus West was in that room already. Now he gets to take the lead seat in that room, and it already seemed like players are fans of it. I think. Jaquan Jones posted about it. Somebody else might have posted about it. Like Mm -hmm. this is the natural progression. I don't think, especially with position coaches, the conversation needs to be overblown. I get that comment for offensive and defensive coordinators. Those are leadership positions. Those are the most important coaches on the team outside of the head coach. But for position coaches, I, I don't see any sort of complaint that makes sense to me. It's just like, keep the guys that you've got because you're hoping that these players are going to respond to them. And if they weren't going to, they probably don't get promoted. Like I think Sean McDermott has a good enough grasp on his front or on his coaching staff that he would know if a promotion makes sense or if it's better to, you know, hire externally.
1: I mean, yeah, I understand like somebody I had a a back and forth with on, on X about this. Basically said, Well, there are thousands of other, you know, college coaches they could look at or other coaches. Well, sure, but then you're saying the other the person they hired isn't good enough for the job. I mean, I, I just don't understand that line of thinking. Of course there are. There could be there could be better coaches that you know could come in. The other thing I would tell you though is those coaches, no matter who you hire, <laughs> because I guess part of the criticism, Matt, here is well, Sean McDermott just wants people to do what he wants. Yes, that's that's how it works. And mm-hmm. Bobby Babbage, by the way. Regardless yeah. of who you hire, folks, Al Holcomb, Marcus West, you know, Joe Schmo from college team or NFL team that's down the road that comes in from the outside. You know what they're going to do? They're going to teach the techniques and scheme that fit with what Bobby Babich wants to run, which is extend- extension of what Sean McDermott wants to run. That's how it works. It doesn't matter. You, Matt Bove, could get the linebacker's job, you know, and mm-hmm. I could get the defensive tackle's job, defensive line job. Do you know what we're going to be told? Hey, this is the technique we're going to teach. This is the scheme we're going to teach. It's not some, you know, going against the, we don't want anybody coming in from the outside to teach something different. Nobody's going to teach anything different because that's not how it works.
2: I also don't think that necessarily, I don't know. This might be a stupid point, but when you were having this conversation, I was thinking about it. Have you ever seen the coaching tree? from Washington in 2012, 2013, like those teams and those assistant coaches that are now head coaches, that yes, team stunk. Yes,
1: the, the – the, That the, team um, stunk. Right, the, the show yeah. – uh, the play callers, right? Wasn't that all about that? Or was that too early? You
2: talking about the McVay one or no? Yeah, it's Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. Sean McVay was the tight ends coach. Mike McDaniel was the wide receiver coach. Matt LaFleur was the quarterback's coach. Bobby Slowick was the defensive assistant. And Chris Forrester was the offensive line coach. And that team stunk. So Just having an amazing group of coaches is not all that you need. It definitely helps. I'm not saying that you do not need good coaching. But the reason the Bills are going to be a contender is because of Josh Allen and because of what they've shown us for the last several years, not because of who they hire to be their defensive line coach. I'm just – that's just my – that helps. Coaching matters. Yes, But, like – Come on. Or like the Bills Super Bowl window is not closing because you don't like that they promoted a guy to be the linebackers coach or the defensive line coach.
1: And Matt, I know that I I totally get the sentiment that the last two years and the biggest game of the year at the end of the year, the defensive line did not perform. I get it. Cincinnati mm-hmm. and then Kansas City. I understand that. I would also tell you though, for the most part, this year, the D line was maybe the strongest unit on the team. They were very good. So, you know, and so if if you're if you're upset that Marcus West, who was a part of the group that you know failed in the biggest game, I understand that. He also was a part of the group that actually had like the highest sack rate total in the league per drop back for defense. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of things that go into it. And I'll also make the point. Do you know when Al Holcomb and Marcus West came to the Bills organization? Last year? One year ago. Yeah. They came from the outside. These mm-hmm. aren't people who've been here for seven years. I will say
2: to your point about the defensive line failing in the big moments, I very much agree with that. And I also think that if somebody should take the blame on that, it's yeah. not the assistant defensive line coach, it's the actual defensive line coach, which was right. Eric Washington who got a promotion. Mm-hmm. So, who knows if we you're hoping teams. for if you're hoping for change and you think that there's untapped potential, maybe that change comes from promoting from within and getting a new set of ideas or a new viewpoint on it because you weren't happy with how things ended. I I also might not necessarily agree with, I understand the defensive line was good this year, but I felt like they were a little bit too inconsistent for me. Mm -hmm. Now, we're picking hairs here. I just think that for the Bills moving forward, a lot of that has to do with they lost their second best defensive lineman for a majority of the season. But I think moving Mm -hmm. forward, that needs to be an area that is more consistent because I feel like it was a little bit too up and down this past season.
1: So, well, I was going to ask you. first of all, I want to ask you, how was Elliot? Elliot's good. Everything's good.
2: Yeah. She's just hanging out. Do you know what a mole is? Have you ever heard of a linkamole? Were these around when Max was a mm-hmm. little one Linkamol? I don't think so. They're like toy. They're like toys that okay. interact with each other. So <laughs> she upstairs, she's on her play, pa- like play mat. And there okay. is a sloth, a turtle and a penguin. And they all talk to each other. It's like, if she like slaps the foot of one, it'll like light up blue, and then they'll all light up blue, and then they'll start yep. talking to each other. It is mesmer. It is. You want to talk about entertainment? When no. I'm not watching the West, when I'm not watching the West Wing, I'm watching her play with her Linkables because it's just so freaking cute. So, yeah, <laughs> she was just hanging out there with her Linkables.
1: I love it. I love it. You need to go check on her again before we uh, answer some questions here coming up soon.
2: Yeah, let me go do a quick check, and then we'll answer questions.
1: All right, we'll do that. We'll uh, answer some questions. And by the way, you can always tweet us any of your questions at Sal Sports, at Matt underscore Bove. Hey, it's Sal Capaccio from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things Buffalo Bills. Right on time, your time. In the car, navigate the streets with Edible Wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets, don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow, it's always game day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we have some questions that came at us. Uh, there was one somebody said, somebody answered, asked a question. I said, you know what, I've been asked this on the radio, on WGR Sports Radio 550, but, uh, so you can get the answer there. But it's good because we haven't discussed it here. That's um, AJ Epinesa's future. And, you know, these are things we're going to discuss down the road. So Matt and I will kind of get more into the actual free agency, who they might bring back, who they won't, what it costs. I think a lot of focus has been on Gabe Davis. But on the other side of the ball, you do have A.J. Epinesa. And, Matt, we had a question about A.J. Epinesa and his future. And I do think it's an under-the-radar guy that probably, to me, a team is going to offer him the kind of contract the Bills won't be able to because Mm -hmm. he's an ascending player. Somebody will look and say, hey, four years, bring him in. He's done some nice things. I think that could be a guy that would be a significant loss for them because they've developed him. And I Uh don't see right now a path to necessarily keeping him Unless I'm reading it wrong and he just really is left going, okay, where's the money out there? I think somebody out there is going to say, we like this player. We'll give him a contract. The Bills, it'll be tough for them.
2: Yeah, I tend to agree because I think he's going to get a number that might surprise some people. They'll see the contract that's given to him and you'll go, whoa, how is A.J. Epinesa worth X amount of dollars? $8 million a year, $10 million a year, whatever it is. Let me ask you a hypothetical. Would you rather have next season A.J. Epinesa or Leonard Floyd? Leonard Floyd. I don't know if I would. I, I, wow. I know that sounds... Really? If it was one year, if it was just one year, I know that was the question I mean, that I and, asked I
1: not, and, and, I, wait, and I'm not worrying about the financials here, like... I'm not overpaying Leonard Floyd 10 million dollars. No, no, that comes
2: no, but like that comes with it because it's basically like you've got to get this person, but you've got to also get them at market value. Like I think Leonard Floyd next year is going to get $13, $14 million a year. I think I'd rather have AJ Epinesa at six, seven, eight million dollars a different question.
1: You asked who I'd rather have. I'd rather have Leonard Floyd.
2: I guess like for the Bills, who is a better fit is probably the way I should have posed the question.
1: I still think Leonard Floyd, I don't know what Von Miller is going to be. Leonard Floyd was outstanding as a pass mm-hmm. rusher. They need that. I like AJ Epinesa. I like his game. I think there are guys like AJ Epinesa around the league. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, you've got not that this is a perfect comparison, but you could probably bring back Shaq Lawson for a right. very affordable contract. And Correct. if you're looking for somebody who can do a little bit of everything and also be effective in the run game, then that would be your guy to kind of cheaply fill in the void of AJ. I don't think they're going to have either of them back. I just think I love how honest Leonard Floyd. I mean, Leonard Floyd told us in the locker room on lock cleanout day that he's going to follow the money. He's like yeah. Buffalo. I really appreciate this place and I would absolutely consider coming back because I want to play for a contender and I feel like the Bills are a contender, but I need to set myself up for the rest of my life. I mean, this is somebody who's already won. So I always try and put myself in their position. If I have already won, right? If I've already got a Super Bowl that nobody can ever take away from me, this mm-hmm. is when I would be trying to go get paid. If that yep. means the Falcons are calling with a three year, $50 million deal, we're moving to Atlanta, baby. I don't care. I'm just going to play for the next three years. I'm going to get a fat check, and then I'm going to retire. And I'm always going to have that Super Bowl. Maybe I'm just that. not. Yeah, me too. Maybe I'm just not wired like a true competitor. And you're always trying to get the next one. But I would rather have one Super Bowl and an extra fifty million dollars than two Super Bowls and twenty million dollars.
1: And I would, by the way, and not that you're doing this, but I also would not take away any sort of competitiveness he had, the competitiveness he had this year. He was he balled this year. He yeah, played yeah, he he played bad. hard. And. It, you know, end of, I mean, end of the year,
2: when end of the year went away a little, though.
1: Yeah, he's dealing with a couple injuries, but you're right. I mean, like a lot of the D line, obviously, as we talked about, just, things just didn't go as well towards the end of the year. Let's get to this. Is a really good one. I wanted to talk about this as a separate topic, but we're going to take it as a question. Mexico Marty tweets in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mike Gennetti of Track. Mm-hmm. See, he's been making the rounds on a lot of these shows, and he's been on WGR and things like that. Seems to take it as a no brainer that Trey White is released to save cap space. What are your thoughts? And I'm going to say to start off, Matt, I disagree with Mike Gennetti if he thinks it's a no-brainer. I do think it's a tough call, and I actually don't think the Bills will do it as I sit here right now. I'm not dismissing it. I'm, I mean, Of course it could happen. I'm not saying it won't happen. I don't know that. But if they did, they would save $6 million. I get that. You know what else they do? Take on $10 million for a player that's not on their roster. And Tredavious mm-hmm. White has been a cornerstone of their organization. And you talk about relationships and what that guy means to this organization and that locker room. I don't think that they're necessarily eager to get a t- have a $10 million cap hit for him not on the roster.
2: I agree. I think Sean McDermott, it was his first pick. That was the first yeah. player that started this new wave of what the Buffalo Bills are. A mm-hmm. lot of it's going to depend on what his outlook looks like. He needs yes. to figure out one. When does first off, does he want to keep playing football, which I think he does? I really do. He's still young. I know these are very big injuries to come back from, but I don't think Tredavious White's time in the NFL is done. The second is when would he realistically be ready? Is this another situation where he's not going to be ready until midseason? Because this injury happened week four. So I guess realistically, I don't know what the recovery time is for that position because there's so many different variables. Is this something that he might be ready for the start of the season? Is this something that he's ready and he starts the season on IR similar to kind of like what Von Miller did? Is this something like the last time he was injured? He doesn't even come back until Thanksgiving, which was a full calendar year after he was hurt. I don't know the answer to that. The thing that makes this tricky is you have Russell Douglas and -hmm. you have Christian Benford. And you love both of those, or at least I'm assuming they love both of those guys. So I don't know if Trey White coming off this injury is even a better option than either of those players. And then you have to get into the conversation of, well, would you consider moving Mm -hmm. one of them to safety? Like, would you consider having Christian Benford play safety and having Russell Douglas and Trey White be your corners? Because that kind of answers part of your safety problem, Mm -hmm. but- then you're moving a guy who's really good and really young in Christian Benford and really cheap, mind you, to a position where he has not had the success he's had at corn. So there's so many different layers to it. I-, I just think that I don't I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he's gone. Like I'm kind of in your boat. Agreed. I think he's
1: staying and 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 to extend your point further, Trey White is not to me a candidate to move to safety. That's not his game. You gotta no. in this in this in this defense, you gotta be a straight ahead tackler to be able yeah, to play he's safe. Not doing,
2: he's not doing that.
1: He's not no, doing that. No, that's not his game. No. Now, and, no. If, and if you feel that, well, he's just not going to be able to recover enough, then you, then the option would be to, you know, um, and you you could prolong his career by doing that, but at what cost then? Right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. are you really going to keep him on the roster then at the cap hit he would have? That's when the decision went to come. This really does come down to where they feel he can be in their, his recovery timeline and things like that. But I, I think as opposed to a lot of other people, this guy particularly is a kind of a special circumstance for what he means and what he's meant to the organization. And I know you can't, you got to make business decisions. Look at Bill Belichick. I, I understand all that. And they will at mm-hmm. the end of the day, but I think part of it is they know how hard he works. They know how much, you know, he's going to try to get back to be the Tradavius white we used to see. And maybe that never happens, but Matt, I would say this. He was shadowing number one wide receivers last year coming back mm-hmm. from the ACL.
2: Yeah. The thing though, that's concerning is that he looked so much more comfortable and better in the first four games of this season than he did when he came back from the injury. So now what is he going to look like? Is he going to look like the guy that came back on Thanksgiving? and did not look like himself for the remainder of the 2022 season? Or is he going to look like the guy who started 2023 really strong, and you were once again like, wow, this team has their cornerback back. This team has their number one guy back. I don't know the answer to that. Because if it's somewhere in the middle, which is probably the most likely outcome, I still don't know if he's a better player right now than Christian Benford or Russell Douglas. Maybe that maybe I'm wrong, but like I think Kristen Benford
1: is really underrated. Oh, I think he's very good. He had a great year. I think I'm really excited about what he can bring. And you're right about Rasul Douglas. He's Russell, okay. You want to talk about contracts like Rasul Douglas to me is a candidate to get extended because of his cap. He's got one year left, but you could actually extend him for a couple more mm-hmm. years and lower his cap number. I think you do that with Deion Dawkins. I think the Bills can move some money around just by doing that. Deion Dawkins has one year left, Rasul Douglas has one year left. Think about the way both those guys played this year.
0: Really and well.
1: you can, to me, extend both of them to lower their initial cap hit this year, but tack years onto their contract. That's one of the ways you can start maneuvering here with the, um, you know, with the salary cap. So, yeah, I, it's a it's a really interesting thing with Travis White and decision. I just I don't agree that it's just some sort of no brainer. You look at the money, he's gone. If it was you could save six million and you don't take on a cap hit. OK, maybe. But ten million dollars dead cap Mm -hmm. for not having Travis white in your roster is not worth it to me.
2: No, I agree. All right. This question is from Chris F. He says, what do you see the bills doing in round one of the draft? trade up, trade back, stay at 28 offense, defense. I have a theory, but I can let you go first. Or if you want me to go first, I can go first.
1: I'll, I'll go first just because mine's simple. I'll tell you after free agency. No, I mean, as I sit here right now, I would say, okay, yeah. Wide receiver. I thought wide receiver in 2019. And then all of a sudden they go and sign John Brown and Cole Beasley. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess that changes. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's see what happens at free agency. As I sit here now, round one does scream to me wide receiver, considering Brandon Bean talked about explosive plays. Sean McDermott talked about it. Player acquisition. He said, that's where I'm leaning.
2: I think that there is a chance. The bills use a lot of assets to try and move up and get a guy who they think can be a wide receiver for them for several years. Like I know that that might, some people might scoff at that idea, but to me, it's all about protecting your number one asset, which is Josh Allen. And if you are concerned that Stephon Diggs is taking a step back or is potentially wanting out of Buffalo, I don't think those are the cases, but I'm just saying if that's even something that's crossing your mind, I think it should be a real consideration to use a first round pick in the future and your first to try and get up. If you really do think there is a big difference between the top three guys in this class and then the rest of them. Now, everybody I've heard, everybody I've read in the last two weeks has said that this is a historically great wide receiver draft and a lot of these guys would have graded out as high-end first-round picks last year when they ended up taking Dalton Kincaid. So if that means the fifth, sixth, seventh guy off the board this year are in the class of a Jordan Addison, of a Zay Flowers, of guys who came into the league and made an impact right away, then maybe you're pretty content with staying at 28 or making a marginal trade-up. The one thing I can tell you is the Bills have 10 draft picks in this draft. I don't think there's any way they're using all 10 of those. No way. They are going to use that as ammunition. Now to move up is going to cost you a lot more.
1: If you're moving up early, you're muted. I'm sorry about that. I wanted to keep yeah. let you keep talking. As of now, they have nine. They will have 10 once comp picks are figured in. That's what we're yeah. guessing. Just want to clarify for everyone if they're looking at a draft pick chart, mm-hmm. you only see nine. That's why you're saying 10.
2: Yeah, they'll have a third round pick from Tremaine Edmonds, but they'll right. lose a third. Well, they lost their third round pick that they traded for right. Russell Douglas, but they get a later third round pick back as a compensatory pick. And correct me if I'm wrong, but assuming these guys leave, this year that we assume are going to leave, won't they have a bunch of comp picks next year too? Like if they lose Gabe Davis, if they lose Leonard Floyd, if they lose AJ Epinesa, like if those guys leave, they
1: should have comp picks for them, right? They should. The way it works is you have to lose more qualifying free agents than you gain. A qualifying free agent is someone who has a certain level contract. So yes, you'd have to have more out the door than you do bring in. And for many years, the Bills didn't have that. But last year they did because Tremaine Edmonds' deal was large enough to qualify and obviously, I got, you know, the, the biggest money on, on the linebacker market, I believe. And then the Bills, they lost more of those guys overall, but he was the big one. And they got him the third, we think. And then the Bills didn't, you know, sign enough of those guys until after. Like, Leonard Floyd was signed after that yeah. cutoff period to count towards the compensatory picks. That's why you don't even factor him in.
2: Would, am I crazy for thinking that the Bills would trade a future one to go get mm. a
1: top guy? I don't think you're crazy. It just doesn't seem like something Brandon Bean wants to do. Uh, he just mm-hmm. values that, though, so much. And this is a really good wide receiver draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, would it? You, you could sit where you are or move up a little bit. trade. not tra- I just don't feel like they would do it, but I, they, they also – they're trying to win a Super Bowl. I don't know. I mean, I guess anything's possible there, right? Mm-hmm. I think the best-case scenario for the
2: Bills would be to try and find somebody who's available on a team in a trade and go get that guy and then give yourself – They always say that you draft the best player available in the first round, but if your best player available also fits what you have as a need, then that becomes a no-brainer. If I were the Bills, I would be trying to go out and add a receiver in a trade and then still use my top pick probably on another wide receiver. And then obviously you fill out your roster in other ways. So, you know, Brandon being said that they're not going to be shopping at the main street stores in New York <laughs> city. I think he meant like fifth Avenue. I think yeah. I'm not like a big shopper guy or a fashion right. guy, obviously, but there's a couple of players out there in free agency that I love for the bills. Potentially we'll just see how much money they have and how much wiggle room they have. Is there anybody that immediately comes to mind for you? Because this could answer a couple of the other questions that we have about like. anybody Ooh. immediately
1: comes to mind for free agents.
2: Yeah. Like, Hey, that guy's available or could be available. And i really like his fit for the bills.
1: Well, I mean, I look at the wide receiver group, like could, could a Hollywood Brown be a guy that could fit in. Right. I mean, a guy that can be mm-hmm. explosive, have some speed. Um, not as much as a like burner necessarily like Kendrick Bourne. I think about a guy like who's, you know what? I, I like him. I like his game. He could be like a Kendrick guy you could probably get him for. A a, yeah. He could be a guy that could fit into a, a, a relatively nice contract. You're not overpaying guys like that. I, I look at got Darnell Mooney. Is that a guy that you're probably not going to get a lot of money on the open market, but maybe somebody you could bring into Buffalo, kind of have mm-hmm. a little resurrection of a career here. So I am interested in what KJ Hamler brings. They've signed him. He's in a futures contract. He was just a second round pick just four years ago by the Denver Broncos. And it hasn't worked out, but he has, he has explosiveness. So they're going to be looking for guys like that, right? Guys that they can fit in and say, I mean, and look, it didn't work out necessarily with Dante Hardy in that role. And I don't know, that's because of you know him having to replace what Naeem Hines was going to be. And they didn't use him on offense as much, things like that. But those are the kind of guys again, Naeem, um, you know, Trent Shurfield, Deontay Hardy, and that doesn't excite a lot of people because there Mm wasn't the production, but they'll probably try and do things like that again. Yeah,
2: there's a couple of safeties out there that I think could really make a lot of sense. Um, Jeremy Chin is going to be the guy that a lot of people talk about from the Panthers because he's a a really nice player and I think would do a lot of good things for the Bills, but he's going to probably be pretty expensive. The one that I also go back to is the same draft class, but Kyle Duggar, just screams (laughs) like a guy who the bills would want because I, I really do think that they wanted him back when Matthew Fairburn from the athletic was covering the bills. I believe he wrote a story that the bills had seen Duggar in person
1: like several times in first. I love Kyle Duggar. I think Kyle Duggar. I love, I love his game and fit for the bills.
2: I mean, he was from what, Lenore Lenore Ryan or something was the name of his school? I think so, yeah. And like for the Bills staff to go see him multiple times, yeah, I think it's like Lenore Ryan. So that's another name that, I mean, we always talk about, now I know that their hands were tied because of injuries and because of different things. But I watched A.J. Klein on one leg try and stop Travis Kelsey in a playoff game three weeks ago. Imagine Mm -hmm. if that was Kyle Duggar. Right. Like it feels a little different with the pieces that they have. So I, I just think that's another name that like absolutely makes sense for the bills. If they that could be like their one splurge and then everything else is kind of minor moves.
1: You'd also be taking away from a division rival, by the way, by signing. Exactly. Because he plays. Exactly. You know, currently for the Patriots, so yeah, I mean, Ant- there's a lot. Of Antoine, w- here.
2: Antoine Winfield Jr. is going to be another guy that people talk about he's a lot over the next. Year, all but he's going to he's going to get paid so much money, so much money, and I just yeah. don't think the Bills are in that market.
1: By the way, I think he's an all pro. I don't know. I thought he had an all pro type of season. He's really good, so I shouldn't say that without looking at it for specifically. But I agree with that. You know what? The one the good news is here, though, Matt. The one area the Bills have had to kind of address the last few years, they do not have to address whatsoever this year. Really, is offensive line. I think that's a, that's a nice piece for them going forward. They have, they have a good group that stayed healthy, all under contract. And then they have guys mm-hmm. behind them who are under contract. Alec Anderson, Ryan Vandemark, Ryan Bates. Mm-hmm. David Edwards is the only one. You can get him back if you want. But literally, like, that's the only guy in the entire offensive line group that's even like, on an expiring contract. They really like their group. And yeah. it's a good thing they don't have to go out and address that this year.
2: A sneaky early pick for the Bills could be a center to try and have some insurance behind Mitch Morris moving forward, but you're shaking your head. Like I know Ryan Bates would be the natural guy who you assume you know, steps into that role, but mm-hmm. Ryan Bates makes a lot of money. So I, I know it's relative, but I could see them trying to get a center just for the future because I do think that they've kind of figured out their left tackle, their left guard, their right guard, I don't know what's going to happen with Spencer Brown because he's going to probably get paid somewhere, and I don't know if the Bills will be able to afford that. I Maybe mean, his time this year, is
0: yeah.
2: yeah beyond this past season. So yeah,
1: he he's not a free agent now. He'll be a free agent next year. Next yes. next
2: next yes. year exactly. Yes. Yes. So his career has been up and down. I, I just could see the Bills like using their compens- compensatory third round pick on a center and saying like right. well, we know we're going to need one because I I I don't know. I just don't see Mitch Morris I as somebody. You
1: don't agree. I don't agree. I think that you know, they they have versatility there. Connor McGovern can play center. Ryan Bates can play center. I just don't mm-hmm. think you would. I, I I think that would be a wasted pick this year when you're trying. You got to have what did they have to have cheap? They have to have these guys hit. They have to have these guys play. Third round mm-hmm. pick, maybe sixth or seventh somewhere in there to see if you can develop a guy. But I mean, yeah, they have I you... think Alec yeah, Anderson how... can play center. Uh huh.
2: Yeah, but how could you say that that's – I understand this is not what you're saying, but it's like, okay, third-round pick, you need to have these guys play. How much did Dorian Williams play this year? How much did Terrell Bernard play last year? Those guys weren't contributing, and this seems to be the model that they use. They're drafting one year out with these guys who they take. Osiris Torrance is an exception because in the second round he was an absolute stud and he plays every single snap, but their third-round picks have not been guys who immediately come in and contribute. It's been in one year they contribute when we need them to there's a there's
1: a difference between a guy like Dorian Williams who absolutely played on special teams and played and got a jersey. A center this yeah. year being drafted isn't going to get a jersey. You're, you're right, but
2: I I I know that that's what they say. Oh, like we think Justin Shorter can earn a jersey, and that's part of the reason why we drafted. I don't think that that – like they didn't draft Dorian Williams because they think, oh he could be a good special teams player for us. They drafted Dorian Williams because they think, oh, this guy could be an impact player as a linebacker in a couple of years.
1: Probably. Right. But in the meantime, he plays and he yeah. figures it out. And, but I'm also saying, I think they have guys in the roster Like you know, if you, if something happened, I don't mm-hmm. know. I and mean, Mitch Morris isn't a super old, by the way. I mean, maybe you've taken no, his deal, right? I mean, that said there is one area before we get out of here real quickly. Let's just spend mm-hmm. a minute on this backup quarterback. I think they should yeah. invent, draft one.
2: Yeah. I think they should do something cool with backup quarterback just because okay. it's fun. Um, what I what I think happens is different. What probably will happen. What I think they should do is I think they should sign uh, Mitch Trubisky as their backup quarterback again.
1: Hey, that's okay, I'm off of right? that. I think like, fine. Can be fine. People are listening, well, Mitch Trubisky, he stinks. There's no backup quarterbacks that are going to be Josh Allen, right? I mean, like that's why they're the backup quarterback. But absolutely, he's worked here in the system with Josh Allen. Like, yeah, i I'd, I'd be for that.
2: I mean, don't you think Mitch Trubisky? He's under contract. Contract, but I don't see him staying in Pittsburgh. Like I feel like he's going to be a guy that gets cut. His dead cap is not crazy. It's like four million dollars or something this okay. year. Yeah, if he was
1: released, you were yeah. keeping the Steelers might yeah. go out and get a new quarterback anyway.
2: Well, that I'm just saying, like. Yeah. The Steelers signed Mitch Trubisky to potentially play as a starter, and then they have Kenny Pickett, who who knows, and Mason Rudolph, who started in a playoff game for them. So he has now fallen to third on the depth chart. There's no way his current cap hit. This is not what it would be for the Bills, but his current cap hit this year is seven and a half million dollars. There is no way the Steelers are keeping a guy who makes seven and a half million dollars on their roster to be their third quarterback. No chance. So. If he becomes available, that's why I think he could make sense for the Bills. I just don't think drafting, like drafting somebody is the fun idea, but it's not a realistic idea. Because if you draft somebody to be your true backup quarterback, then they have no time to develop and get ready. And if there's something that happens to Josh Allen, you need somebody who can step in and try and at least keep you balanced for a couple weeks.
1: All right, Matt's going to go uh, make sure Elia's all good, and then he's going to go to work at WKBW-TV Channel 7. I got like eight minutes before I go on the radio on WGR. We, we, we are recording this on nice. a Tuesday morning. So thanks a lot for listening. Thanks a lot for watching. We'll be back again next time, and it's always game day in Buffalo.